you don't know her, but he was a he was just kind of a, a bigger dude. And I was in a I think I had a line in there like it was uh thanks for taking the time to put together this event and stop throwing barrels at Super Mario. <laughs> Dude, he would not have found that funny. No. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast. It will be information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week three of 2023. I'm recovering from the massive storms we've been getting here in Northern California, and we lost power multiple times. With me, I have my co-host, Brian Deach, who's always in fear of those desert flash floods. I don't know if I'm actually in fear of them, but I definitely enjoy them. We went out mudding this past weekend, and uh, let you let me tell you, I found dirt where j- dirt should not have been. Um, and on top of that, <clears throat> we went into one particularly shady area in the Razor, and I, th- there's such a volume of water that came in and mud on, upon us was this amazing, right? But it was really, really cold. The downside, I went to go take a shower and I found a toothpick and some red yarn in my beard. So that was kind of <laughs> kind of strange. And then a couple days later, we went back out and uh, and the driver's side, like near the footwell, was like a, a, a wet blanket that somehow must have been in the water that we we drove into and it splashed up. <laughs> I had no idea. Like there was just so much mud and chaos, but it was a good time. There's a literal wet blanket in there, and you didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he sent us some pictures in the group chat, and that that mudding was no joke. That was some legit mudding. It's yeah, fun. Good for your skin, though. Oh yeah, feels so hydrated. Mud bath. <laughs> no Glenn this week. He has a literal swimming pool at his house due to the massive storms we've been having. Hope to have him back next week. Coming in clutch, we have our fourth host returning this week. T Ball. Hey. Mr. Deach, Mr. Louie, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's great to be back. Great. Now everyone knows my last name. Thanks a lot. It's Silver, right? Duke Silver? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, combined, we have decades of information security experience here, not just to educate, but entertain. We've got four fantastic stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Another reminder, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Podcast, and a reminder to send us your Ask Me Anything questions for our 100th episode, which is approaching quickly. This week, we're going to close the loop on TikTok and ChatGPT, open with the host's 2023 nicknames. For our first story, we're going to cover a romance scam with a twist. Next, we have a story inspired by the movie Office Space. For our third story, a ransomware gang follows its moral compass and close with AI judging your alcohol choices. Five Bucks says... Programming note. Oh, I'm going to interrupt you, Chris. Five Bucks says Todd Morton has no idea what Office Space even is. (laughs) Oh, also you gave away my last name. Nice. I do, in fact. (laughs) I do, in fact. Oh, you actually did sit down and actually watch a movie and stop lifting the heavy weights. All right. Who knew? I just lost five dollars. <laughs> it has been a decade or two, but uh, yes, if you're in IT, you've seen Office Space. We can assume that. If you've been in corporate America, you've probably seen Office Space, not just IT. Precisely. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, it it does apply. Yeah, Peter's character, Ron Livingston's character, is in IT. Yeah, you're right, but I think it does apply widely to corporate America. Yeah, agreed. 
Two of these stories were posted by our coworker Sandy, so shout out to you, Sandy. Thanks for the fun stories this week. Closing the loop this week, January 10th, 2023 marks the end of extended service updates for Windows 7. We'll once again have to pour one out for our old friend Windows 7. Bye, Windows 7. Oh, See you later. Every once in a while, I get customers that still ask, like, hey, do you guys support Windows 7? I'm like, oh, really? You guys make money in life? I can't believe that. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted. You know, we had Vista. That was a huge miss. We had Windows 8. That was a huge miss. The, Terrible. It was XP 7 and 10. What about Windows ME, usable. baby? That that was crisp technology right there. Windows Millennium 95 edition. Changed, yeah, my Windows 95 changed my life. I'm not sure how, but it yeah. did. <laughs> from 311 oh boy i think my first introduction to, to windows was probably windows for work groups what about you guys yeah windows 3.1 i think that was my intro i i think i was yeah, i think i was even on before that i think i was on 3.0 i remember dos so dos it's dos 6 and then windows 3.0 before mm-hmm. they made it good with 3.1 and then 3.1.1 which was their service pack I definitely dabbled in the DOS days, that's for sure. I remember my mom's yeah. like, she's like, well, you can you can do DIR. And then she's like, you can look around for stuff. I was like, all right. And that just cut me loose. It was like a, a crazy man looking for executables. <laughs> yeah. And the rest is history. Yep. Uh-huh. A report from The Record states that the U.S. House of Representatives banned the Chinese-owned social media app TikTok from all their devices. So a TikTok ban is slowly but surely making its way across America. I'm so happy to hear this. I mean, not like they work that much anyways, but, you know, we'll probably recoup a couple hours here and there that they won't be screwing around on their devices anymore. And there won't be Chinese spies on their devices. You think they just probably sit back and laugh like these idiots trying to approve these rules. One point seven trillion. Mm. Yep. That's 13 zeros, right? Is that what you said, Chris? Uh, that is a lot of zeros. Yeah. Lastly, we have two intersecting stories. The first is that students are using chat GPT to write their essays and it's defeating all the anti-plagiarism software professors are using. The second story is about a Princeton student who wrote a program to detect if an essay was written using ChatGPT. We're once again in the arms race of the Trace Buster, and then someone creates the Trace Buster Buster, and then the other side creates the Trace Buster Buster. (laughs) It'll be really interesting to see what happens with this ChatGPT and how it intersects with academia. The the sheer fact that you can ask ChatGPT to write something from a perspective of I don't know, somebody that loves barbecue, but also hates the American flag, like, and it will do it. Like, I think it would be very, very hard to detect plagiarism with their tool. Like, there's just so many different iterations of what you can do. I think if it's like, hey, write me an essay on why the Constitution is cool, like, that'd probably be pretty easy to pick up. When you start to give it some complex thinking, I think it'd be very difficult to solve. The professor that caught the student cheating the professor actually went on chat gpt and did various iterations of the questions and the prompts and he could not get an exact same output and the only way the professor actually found out was he confronted the student and the student fessed up to it so even with the anti-plagiarism software even trying to mimic 
questions to chat, chat GPT, it was it was nearly impossible for them to detect. So I don't know what this Princeton student did. It'll be interesting to see how they're detecting it. But an exact match like what the current software is using used for is totally useless in detecting these these things. You know, there's there's someone at Princeton right now saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. We blocked the website. Like, there's no way they could possibly be using it. And then everyone's like, what about their phones, dude? <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure there's like another way that they could have gotten to it. Like, no, we block it here at Princeton. Like, we know. You guarantee there's somebody over there that thinks like that. The New York City Department of Education, they actually banned ChatGPT from all of their school-owned devices, so all their Chromebooks, all their university computers, or K-12, through I guess. All the K-12 through computers, they cannot access ChatGPT. They have a special piece of software that blocks them from accessing this website. Like locking a screen door. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to ask my high school kids about ChatGPT, see if they know what I'm, what I'm speaking of. Curious. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. There's there's some alarming amount of people that don't know about GPT, and it has like a twenty nine billion dollar valuation. If they IPO, is that right, Chris? Yeah, that's the current valuation is twenty nine billion for the last round. And as a the biggest threat to Google since Google, mm-hmm. I think twenty nine is low. I think this could be ten x that easy. Eventually, not not right now. Obviously, it's still in beta. And that threat to Google coming in in the form of uh, of absence of sponsored content? Yeah, exactly. Not only absence of sponsored content, but you get an answer. Like if I ask, if I do a Google search for a question, that takes me to a link that has the answer and I have to control F it to find the answer. Right. Chat GPT, I just ask it a question, it gives me an answer and that's it. Oh boy. Lastly, in terms of insulting people but sounding like you're not insulting people in our group chat earlier today due to the massive storms we've had in here in the bay area a tree fell down in my yard and i sent a picture to the group chat and i said i'm gonna have to go get a chainsaw and chop this tree up and i'll have some nice firewood and brian responded in the chat that says and i quote if you take care of this yourself you are more of a man than i accounted for and i am proud of you (laughs) (laughs) talking about how to insult people without sounding like you're insulting them i don't know how i should feel about that brian but i'll show you the picture of the firewood once it's all chopped up wow i'm impressed that's a big tree though i'll give you credit that that's gonna be a little bit of work for sure yeah yeah trees it was two trees right yeah it was two trees and i just have to find a day where it's not gonna rain and we're gonna get rain pretty much all this week and i don't want to chop a tree in the rain so we'll i'll have to figure it out well the effort to sound weak I I do not. I haven't had this problem before. I own like a sawzaw. That'll get through the branches, but I don't think it'll get through the trunk. Real man, just chop it. Just use dental floss. (laughs) Karate chop. (laughs) Have you heard of duct tape? You're not going to try to replant the tree? Just push it back up? Anchor it down? Uh, Nobody's got time for that. Like I legit get sad when we lose trees in Arizona, just because there, there's like no trees. And anytime we lose them, it's just like, oh, there goes the shade. It's going to take another 15 <laughs> years to grow. It just blows. Let's plant one now. All right. For our opening topic, we are, I, I wish we had Glenn for this. I don't know if we should push this topic. I'll leave it up to you guys. But we're going to nominate and select our 2023 nicknames okay. for the year. Uh, Todd, I think, is the low-hanging fruit. We have the Jewish Juggernaut. 
we have Sasquatch, we have Bigfoot, and I think, Brian, you mentioned one more last episode. I don't remember which one it was. I thought it was a Sasquatch Bigfoot. It's because he, we've heard of him. We just don't see him on the podcast very often. So, <laughs> yeah. Is that the, I thought it was for a different reason. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. What could the yeah, other I, uh, reason be? <laughs> we'll say that for a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my, well, listen, they're all solid choices, but I think I have to go with the Jewish juggernaut based on the branded Pebcac. Pebcac podcast mouse pad that uh, Chris sent my way. So I'm, I'm going with that one, babe. I like it. I like All right. it. All right. Todd's okay. 2023 nickname, the Jewish juggernaut. Since Glenn is not here, we have the option to pick it for him. Uh, the two I came up with is pool boy and DJ, because he's always having audio issues. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it last year was boomerang. Cause I thought he was going to come back to Z scare, but he did not. Yeah, that was a 2022 prediction that didn't come true. What's the name you can have for someone that just seems like they're just always on edge? Always on edge. Why do you think Glenn's always on edge? Yeah, he's just pretty relaxed. No, no, there, there's certain yeah. things. Just like, you just like You can just tell he's frustrated. He's just ready to open up <laughs> a beer and call it a day. <laughs> Anxious Andy. Anxious Andy, yeah. Or more like frustrated Phil. How about that? An F and a PH. Put those two things together. Frustrated yeah. Fred. The FR alliteration. There you go. Pool boy is strangely entertaining. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I would say he's the only one out of us that has a pool, but Ryan has one already, so we can't can't see that. All right. He's, he's frustrated Fred until we come up with a better one. <laughs> All right. For Brian, I have two. Oh, we call him High T. <laughs> or CTE. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this is uh, aired, we'll all know what CTE actually stands for. Yeah, it's it's not the brain damage you get from football. No. Although there's a odd intersection of that one here. But <laughs> high T or CTE. Unless you can... How about Havoc the Mouthpiece? Does anyone understand that reference? If anybody did, I would think it would be... T- it would be... Uh, I'm going to call you T-Ball. <laughs> that works, too. That works, too. Havoc the, the Mouth. We have multi- yeah, we have, we have multiple nicknames. I was the human BTN. I was Mr. Elastic. <laughs> Just kidding. Havoc uh, the Mouth. Is- do you remember that one or no? Okay. I don't. I don't. It was uh, There was a group of rappers. I think it was called South Central Cartel. One of the guys' names is Havoc the Mouthpiece. <laughs> don't ask why that came to my mind today. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking this year, maybe I'll go with something like Little Lethal, Blade, maybe Phantom, Crusader. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think we can. I think I, you're on to something with Havoc the Mouthpiece. Yeah, I, I like that too. <laughs> I think that works on several levels. All right, Havoc the Mouthpiece. There it is. <laughs> All right, and since we don't get to pick our own nicknames, I left my section blank, and I'll leave it up to you too. Mr. Inappropriate, for sure. <laughs> I'm the inappropriate one <laughs> yes, on this podcast, you. Brian. <laughs> Not on the podcast, and in real life. You'd be sending no. out some risky stuff. Yeah. I have some thoughts, but uh, no, I'm going to keep those to myself for now. 
All right, well, I reject that nickname because I'm 100% appropriate on the podcast. You'll have to come up with something better. How about ADD, Amazon Delivery Driver? Eh, ADD works. That works on some levels as well. <laughs> how, about we just call right. you, how about we just call you bros? That's bros. No, <laughs> uh, we need a clever nickname. Uh, Elastic I'll, Man I'll... still works, though. I mean, that's that's who you are. Like... Next time we meet, I want to look at your iPhone and see how, like, see your structure of of categories that you have in there, or folders for people. All right. So I will accept ADD for now until something better comes on. We'll we'll get Glenn's input on this once he's back too. Okay. All right. So in summary, Todd's going to be the Jewish juggernaut. Yes, sir. And his frustrated Fred. Brian is Havoc the mouthpiece, <laughs> and I will be. ADD, Amazon delivery driver. Todd's still the best. I don't know, dude. Havoc the mouthpiece is uh, it's so catchy. <laughs> it is. All right, for our first topic, since we did such a heavy episode last week about the Twitter files, we are going to do a complete 180 and do a few lighthearted stories that take much less serious tone. We open with a story that a 65-year-old Japanese woman fell victim to a romance scam. A romance scam is where scammers meet people online and hook them with the promise of a romantic relationship. After the victims are hooked, the scammer comes up with some type of story where they need money, hoping the victim will send them money with the promise of helping them escape a bad situation or buy a plane ticket to come and visit. While this Japanese woman unfortunately fell victim to a romance scam where she thought she was chatting with a Russian astronaut stuck in space. <laughs> was his name Vlad? <laughs> Yuri. Yuri Gregor. Yuri, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. He asked for money to buy a spaceship to return back to Earth and to pay for landing fees once he makes it back to the ball of rock we all call home. Good lord. It's never funny when someone gets catfished or romance scammed, but this highlights the need to educate our elders about online scams and how to spot and stop them. According to the US FBI's IC3 report in 2021, that's the latest report that we have, it states that romance scams and confidence scams cost US victims about $956 million every year. So that's no chump change that's that's a lot of that's a lot of scratch as brian likes to say yeah i could have bought a lot of chick-fil-a for 956 million dollars btw chris loves chick-fil-a i think it's overrated that's for the jewish delicious chicken yeah yeah this one's hard to kind of wrap your head around i mean while i i do understand the very uh prevalent uh scam in this case romance scams that are out there uh astronaut is stuck in space like hmm i don't know how do, how do we find ourselves giving money in that situation? I know what it is. She was watching The Last Man on Earth. <laughs> and the brother to Phil is Jason Sudukis. And he was actually stuck in outer space when the little pandemic hit. And so I forget how he got back to Earth. But it was maybe she was just watching that show and just happened to believe it. What do you think, Chris? That's true. That That is definitely one theory. And the other theory is just people aren't educated enough to spot these things that i know a lot of those like nigerian 419 scams there's an article a while back that said why are they so poorly written with really bad grammar and really unbelievable stories and they said the people that actually respond to it despite 
all the misspellings and despite the unbelievable premise, those are the most gullible and you'll actually get a hit. Because if it's too convincing, you put in all this work, the scammers put on all this work, and then when they ask for the money, there's no payoff because the person says, no, this, this can't be real. But if you cook somebody on something that's obviously a scam, then you can usually get your money that way. Reminds me of my grandma. She's like, we're a little little skeptical of this because this is the fifth time someone told us to leave a bag full of money at a great hound bus station bathroom. <laughs> but, you know, you know, fool me once. Shame on me. I can't right. say the rest of that joke, unfortunately. <laughs> you said it on this podcast and I've had to bleep it out. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> but the, the scammer asked for money to build a spaceship? Yeah. And to, to and buy to to buy a buy, spaceship buy a spaceship and then pay for the landing fees yeah like what if he actually went through with this like he's like all right got the money <laughs> all right honey i'm home i want to i want to come see you can you imagine like oh. the story which dovetails into the office space one i got a doozy for you guys on that so maybe we maybe we shift gears all right all right since brian said office space for our second lighthearted topic Someone actually pulled off a real-life office space. And I'm guessing from your reactions, both of you have already watched it. Did it resonate with you at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. F&A, man. F&A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Each day was longer than the previous. I miss betting yeah, games, I, I, don't I, you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I watch it even I watched it when I was in high school, but even then it resonated with me when I was working a dead end job and going to work every day. It seemed like I was voluntarily checking myself into jail and I <laughs> dreaded the walk between the parking garage and my desk. But it's a true timeless masterpiece of a movie. I mean, it's probably 20 years old, at least by this point. And it, it still speaks to the corporate worker in me for sure. Have either one of you actually done the violent thing and taken out like a printer or router or server and beat the crap out of it? Like they did in the movie, <laughs> I I have, of course. Yeah, not not surprising. No, I, I I've, <laughs> I've I've exercised some, some pretty decent self control, so not not up to this point. I I have not, but I've just recently learned that smash rooms are a thing. Like they, you you go into a room, you have padded gloves and goggles and and everything, and, and they give you a bat or a crowbar. You just break anything you want in that room. They have like TVs and plates and. It's just a way to get out your anger and frustration. But yeah, apparently that's a thing. You can go and pay to beat up a printer if you want to. Didn't we do that at RSA or something like that, where you were able to smash your old appliances and go to the cloud? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that it was the smash booth. So I think the first three years, I want to say, I was here. Uh, we had that Black Hat and RSA. We had to stop it for two reasons. One, we got too many noise complaints. Our neighbors were <laughs> not happy with the level of noise. On it. And, and two, it's becoming a gigantic liability. Uh, the first year we had it, it did not have a roof. Uh, the next year, it did have a roof. And I bet the lawyers made us put it there because pieces were flying out the top of the smash booth. Dang. <laughs> yeah. And Sounds like a lot of fun. It. Yeah. Well... A developer cleverly programmed a company's e-commerce platform to send the shipping fees for online orders to his own account and deposit the rest of the money, the balance, into the company's account. This practice went undiscovered for several months while it was happening, and the inside hacker here netted $5 per order until he amassed over $300,000 of ill-gotten gains. 
the thief was caught with a file on his laptop called Office Space Project Doc, which outlined his scheme to quote clean up evidence by manipulating audit logs and disable alarm logging. Can we get the world's dumbest criminal up front, please? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I don't know if this falls. So the, there are really stupid criminal stories, like the guy that tries to rob a coffee shop, but all the off-duty police officers are there. Like, that's truly stupid. This, I think, was clever. He just didn't do a good job of covering his tracks. Poor OPSEC. Well, whatever the hell they were selling is good. I mean, that five goes into 300,000, like 60,000 times, whatever they're selling. It was moving off the shelves. Must have been toilet paper, unfortunately, during COVID. Probably. You got to give him credit, though, for his creativity as far as only just nipping off a $5 chip instead of uh, something that might, might, ca- might cause more alarms to go off. So, I think five is pretty high in online retail, to be honest with so. you. I think he should have gone smaller. Yeah, I think that's how they got caught. They discovered that the amount they were receiving for shipping was way off than what they should have had. So if he took like a dollar off each transaction, they probably might not have noticed as much. But since he took the entire shipping fee off every order, I think that threw up the red flag. It won't happen. So... <laughs> Years ago, my wife's like, hey, we need to go hang out with Crystal and her husband, and they're fun people. And I'm like, great, I have to go be friends with someone else's husband now. And so we go out to dinner, and we're doing the whole, like, hey, um, how'd you guys meet? And whatever, and stupid stories. I didn't really care. And then Crystal's like, oh, well, Brian's in, in IT. You should, Phil, you should tell him your story about when you hacked the bank. I was like, oh, go on, say less. <laughs> he proceeds to tell us the story, the entire plot line of Office Space. And I'm or like- Superman 3. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, I, like I'm like i just looking, I'm like, dude, I know you're lying. And he, like, he knows that I know, right? <laughs> but his wife, who is like, who has no interest in the movie Office Space, nor did my wife have any clue. I'm like, I'm like, I am flipping out. I'm like, there's no way. Like, this is just crazy. So we come home. <laughs> I tell my wife, I'm like, I was like, here's the show. I'm like, this is the entire plot line. She's like, no way. Let's watch the movie, guys. I want to see. So we sit down to watch the movie. She's like, I can't watch this movie. It sucks. I'm like, no, you suck. Like, this is a great movie. She's like, I'll take your word for it. And so then she proceeds to tell Crystal. And then Crystal watches the movie. And then they get divorced. This story oh, no. ended terribly. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No. wow. I'm just kidding. They didn't get divorced. Uh, oh. she, we actually, I don't think we actually ever told Crystal what was actually going on, but talk about a giant red flag. Like, like he was, he was convinced like no one else. And like, this is a cult movie that no one's ever heard of, but I knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the most popular movies of all time, at least in corporate America. And I'm sure in other industries as well. How did he think he would get away with that? And right. I, I was going to say, you, you should have started making comments like, oh, was, was there a guy named Milton there that was obsessed with the red stapler? <laughs> oh, I, did, I think he didn't bring up, bring up the red stapler. Like, yeah, man. Oh, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Yeah. That's good. It didn't make it back back to his wife, though. That would have uh, not been nice. Yeah. The bro code. Brian he, followed the bro code. He did. He did. Very proud of you, Brian. I don't know yeah, that I did. He, he but. Had, we didn't out him on the spot. I bet it was very tempting to out him on the spot. It yeah. was, yeah. Self-control, man. Impressive. I did change the names of the people in the story, just in case. Yeah. They're still married, too, by the way. I don't actually don't know that. I don't care. 
<laughs> Brian's social skills at work. This guy's got caught. He will spend some time in prison, and he did not get to retire on some beach in Mexico with some traveler's checks. So, well, three hundred grand was enough and... anyway. So, too yeah. bad. So sad. Speaking of Mexico, I was messaging Brian on the side about his uh, his cartel TikTok. Apparently, cartel TikTok is blowing up literally right now because of the cartel violence in Sinaloa, uh, the, from the Sinaloa cartel in in Mexico right now. So that's that's a thing. That really is a thing. Viewer discretion is a vibe. I'm sorry, zero zero discretion. <laughs> Viewer discretion is a vibe. Like what I saw, like yeah, it, it could have been on a Faces of Death video. So just be careful if you're going to go out yeah. searching for that for the cartel TikTok. Yeah. yeah. All right, for our third topic, who says there's no honor among thieves? The Lockbit ransomware gang apologized and provided a free decryptor to the Canadian Children's Hospital called the Hospital for Sick Kids. An affiliate of the ransomware as a service platform encrypted the data on the network of this sick kids hospital, which resulted in real-world consequences where lab orders had to be written by hand and delivered, Patients had to be turned away, and care was delayed. Lockbit has a formal policy not to attack hospitals, especially ones who care for children, and many ransomware-as-a-service platforms have explicit instructions for their affiliates not to attack critical infrastructure and healthcare, not because they believe it's wrong, but because it brings bad publicity and unwanted government scrutiny. Now, not everything here is positive. It took Lockbit two weeks to provide the free decryptor. And by then, the hospital for sick kids had already recovered much of their systems from backup. Lockbit also reserves the right to leak data exfiltrated from the hack and did not delete it. They only have a policy not to disrupt operations by encrypting their files. Is this supposed to be like the uh, the feel-good story of the week, Chris? I don't yeah. feel anything. It's the ransomware group with the heart of gold. Yeah, I don't feel anything. This is, a, I think it's yeah. called borderline personality disorder. Why are you guys laughing? Just kidding. Do you think that releasing this decryptor would somehow impact Lockbit's bottom line? Like, do you think that decryptor could be used in other facilities where they don't have these rules? Is this new no, shareware? Is what I'm getting at, Chris? It's per organization there's the per organization decryption key and then there's a global master decryption key there are some ransomware groups when they go defunct and they go out of business they release the master decryptor just because they're not going to make any more money but when they release the decryptor it's usually per organization so is, is, is the claim here that there is honor among thieves or, or or is there not honor among thieves i would say there is they made good on their promise and not yeah. hack healthcare or, you know, their affiliate got away and they provide the decryptor. They probably should have done it quicker and they probably should delete the files, but at least they made good and provide the decryptor. All I know is if I'm walking down the street and let's say my kid's with me or my niece, someone small, and a dog comes up and like mauls my, my niece, what, you know what we're going to do with that dog, right? You got to put it down. If Lockbit, not not Lockbit, I'm sorry, whoever attacked this this children's hospital, right? Poor kids. Like I'm sure we can penalize them, but I'm on the, the same boat that of, of the dog. I think if you capture these fools, we gotta we gotta put them down. 
I don't see why not. They're just going to keep going around hurting people. What do you think? Am I a little too hard? A little too rough around the edges there, Chris? Definitely got to punish them. This can't go unpunished. I think ransomware in general should be punished, but if you attack healthcare, specifically healthcare for children or healthcare right. for cancer patients or something, I think I think there should be an enhancement to their sentence if and when they're they're ever caught. What if there was ransomware for like the GOP or the DNC? Is that like a free pass? <laughs> I just hit them both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just sit back and watch these guys. Ah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything that you would be on board for, like for a ransomware? Oh, I'm sure there's the, things that fall into that. Yeah, I think the closest one might have been, was it TravelX? That's that currency exchange company that you see at airports that charge exorbitant rates and fees. And I remember there was there, there was someone on InfoSec Twitter, I can't give proper credit because I don't remember who said it, but they said that you know, it's criminal to hack and encrypt, you know, TravelX. And then someone replied, it's like, well, the fees they're charging are criminal. <laughs> Something along those lines. I didn't get on board. Like, I'm sure this could never happen because I don't think the KKK actually uses any technology. But if they did, I'd be in favor of that one. Yeah, yeah. that'd be something like 8chan or one of those, uh, one of those, they bill themselves as free speech, but they're just, hate speech platforms think like 8chan and there are probably some other ones that are are pretty bad kiwi kiwi leaks was that mm -hmm. the one kiwi it was kiwi something that was also pretty bad that they were doxing people to target that's something i could get kiwi behind. farms i think right doxing your swatting i think those would be two ones that get behind as well or is it the same thing i don't even know is it no, so doxing is the act of giving away someone's address in the hopes that something like swatting happens. Swatting, swatting you is send them over there, right? You send the SWAT team over there, and there is, uh, there's a special on Netflix that talks about the unfortunate swatting incident. I think it was in Kansas where two people got into an Xbox uh, argument over Xbox. Someone said, "You know, come at me, bro. I live at this address." <laughs> Gave some total random address, and unfortunately, the guy that lived at that address was was murdered or killed. Actually, oh, wow. quote accidentally That's killed terrible. by the by the police. It's actually I remember that when the story came out, but this documentary dives a lot deeper into it. It's a lot darker than I expected it to be, but interesting nonetheless. But yeah, swatting bad, doxing bad, unless it's doxing the criminals. Wow, that thing just went dark. Good job. Yeah, this is, this is this is what depressing. <laughs> All right, so let's try and elevate our our mood a little bit All for right. our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. <clears throat> this week, we're going to talk about a story sent to us by our colleague Alex from the Australian newspaper uh, that developers are designing an AI system that can analyze your voice to determine if you've had too much to drink. For blood alcohol levels of 0.05%, it's about 75% accurate. And for a BAC of 0.12, which is well over the legal limit here in the U.S. to drive, it's over 80% accurate. It serves as a good proof of concept, and I like the potential applications here. Many people who drink overestimate their skills and underestimate how alcohol has impaired their ability to drive. So something like AI to detect changes in speech patterns could be more a more accurate sobriety test rather than walking a straight line or touching your nose. There's a, a ton of big... Oh, I'm going to interrupt. Okay. Where do you want to go on? You go. Man, I, I, I think that this could actually work because there's a ton of videos out there 
whether it's TikTok or Reels or whatever Facebook calls them, where it's like, me after one drink or me after one mimosa. Have you guys seen any of those videos? And then they yeah. proceed yeah. to drink like yeah. five or six. I only yeah. know this because I saw one. It was terrible. Homegirl's like, me after one mimosa. And then she's like, on six. And then next thing you know, uh, they show her like out in the parking lot and she's like on some dude's shoulders. And then the next video is her where she had fallen down and lost all of her front teeth. And she's just like smiling oh, and no. she's completely wasted. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I think AI can pick up on this one. Like, I think, I think chatbot would have been like, oh, she's going to lose her front teeth after like the six mimosa. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And then just fast forward to the future. And yeah, she's just over here sitting there like gummy wishing that she didn't have so many dang mimosas. Yeah. Yeah, the thing I was going to say is the field sobriety test that an officer can administer out on the road, like they can engineer a test that even a sober person would fail. Like if I asked 100 sober people to stand on one leg and recite the alphabet backwards, I bet that would have an 80% or less pass rate. Yep. But with all things AI and ML, the more data it's fed, the more potential there is to perfect the system. What do you think? Should this be... A field sobriety test should this be an app on your phone do you think it's good that we're using ai this way this is one of the ai things i think i can probably get behind yeah the I, efficacy I, I behind it though is that is the real yeah. question yeah yeah my, my my question is is if you don't have a, a baseline of a person's sober you know context or voice it might become less accurate to to, to determine this but at the same time anything that's there to support you know your your level of um, a blood alcohol, then, you know, for sure, I think it's a good thing. And as an application on your phone, I think it's even better. You know, it'd be even better is like if you are drunk, it just like somehow locks you out of your phone or out of your uh, your car and then hails you an Uber. But I'm with uh, Todd on this one. Like you guys have seen the movie Waterboy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> in that movie would be classified as drunk. This based off of <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that southern thick <laughs> accent that they had going on, especially that one dude where he had no idea what he was saying. Well, Brian, I thought you were about to just get serious and deep for a second. And you're all, you guys seen that movie Waterboy, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> serious have, have and deep. The, have, have, have you seen the documentary Dodgeball? That's also. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> is that actually considered yeah. to be a documentary? It's not, is it? No. No, no, no. no. Was well, sometimes like you like you know a movie by oh it's dodgeball and then you find out it's like the unlikely story of two idiots playing dodgeball. <laughs> you're like oh I didn't know it was the whole thing. Like oh that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nobody makes but, me bleed my <clears> own blood. <throat> Did you guys ever see the uh, the the Reno nine eleven skip not skip but the clip where he like he pulls someone over and he's like do this do that and it's like he's just killing the thing says the uh, the alphabet backwards and just does it like super quick. Have you guys seen that video? I no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, all right, I'll have to find it. It's, it's funny, and then just kind of gives it away at the very end. It's like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I am pulling you over. I'm with you guys. I can say the alphabet backwards to save my life. I think I'd start with Z. I'm like, ah, just take me away. Hey, for, I don't know, did you guys know this? That if you refuse to give your blood for like uh for the test, they can actually... The breathalyzer. For, or like, you're like, no, I'm not doing the, the breathalyzer. They can actually do a court order to get a blood draw from you. And in Arizona, if you do that, you automatically lose your license for, I believe, two years, and you get to go spend the night in jail. So they can get a warrant for your blood. Interesting. Wow. I've I've heard. So this is all 
purely anecdotal. Okay. This is not legal advice or anything. But I've heard if you refuse the breathalyzer, they have to drive you to the station to take your blood. And in that time it takes to drive you to the station, you might metabolize it quick enough to get it out of your system. Maybe. I'm not willing to risk it. I'm just taking an Uber or a Lyft, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, either that or the the other thing I could think of is they take your blood and said, well, at this time, it was at this level, you know, considering your body weight, the rate of your metabolism. When we pulled you over, you were actually at this rate. So there, I'm sure there's ways around that as well. But uh, I think the key advice here, don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. It's much cheaper than a DUI ticket. Nobody likes adult bumper cars. That's for sure. Yeah. Nope. The way I imagine it, like if it's an app on your phone, is it will probably baseline you. Like you have to be truthful. Like say this is me when I'm sober, and then right. you record a baseline, and then yeah, I don't I don't know if you can <clears throat> you can train like take one beer and say this is me after one beer or eh, and train it that way. I'm not not sure how that would work, but I would think that it have to be a baseline <laughs> so that all those people in the movie The Waterboy don't automatically get flagged as drunk incorrectly. This is me after three tequilas. You just find me on the floor, Black, yeah. blacked out. Yeah. Well, there's there's so much liability. If you have to do a baseline with that test, just imagine, or to, to program the app, like you're in a world of trouble. Yeah. The app said I was good to drive, officer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet there's gonna be massive disclaimers. Just this is not a tool to determine if your your actual level is just guidance. So, sort of like the autopilot. You know, autopilot's not autopilot. It's driver assist. Right. Yeah, if, 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 if there's an app that can use AI to determine based on on your speech pattern, then why not one based on your walking pattern or other telemetry patterns of, about your body that, you know, again, it's all for a good reason, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'd try it if it were available. I'd try it. But they were probably a bit away from it, but good proof of concept. We continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian's up. Wow, I didn't even know that. Better think of one real quick. Oh, lying. I'm always prepared. So did you guys know that uh, when you, like medical professionals, will not refer to home births as deliveries? Because technically speaking, when a baby is born at home, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno's. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Uh. All right, to wrap things up, we finally get to say goodbye to Windows 7. The ChatGPT arms race is heating up. Don't send money to someone claiming to be an astronaut. Office space scams are alive and well. Lockbit provides a free decryptor after it's too late. And you can soon ask Siri if you're too drunk to drive. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pepcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Todd Morton, Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Cheers. Bye, Felicia. Bye.